what a mighty God we serve. Father, we thank you so much for another day. We thank you so much, Lord, for another opportunity. We thank you for the opportunities that you set before us, God. And we never, ever, ever want to take those opportunities for granted. So today, God, the opportunity we have to, to listen to your word and to hear your voice, I pray that each and every person, Lord, that hears this word will open up their hearts to receive what you have to say. And I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth will be directly from you for, for those who hear it. And I pray that this word is so understandable, so simple, that we can take this word, apply it to our lives, and teach others to apply it to theirs. Lord, we're looking for change. And however you want to change us, make us, mold us, shape us, Lord, we ask that you would do it because we want to be the best us that we can be. We thank you right now in advance in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap if you all don't mind. All right, so I want to talk about something today. And I'm telling you, this is one of the most important messages I could ever preach in my life. I know I say that a lot, but I'm telling you, I mean it every time. But I talked a couple of weeks about stewardship, and I, I felt like I wanted to come back and, and talk about some things. But I want to talk about biblical stewardship. Um, we know that the word stewardship, it means the management of the property of another. One who has been entrusted with the property and affairs of the owner or overseer. The management, somebody say, I am one of God's managers. Don't it make you feel big? Like, come on, say it, say it to yourself. Say, I am one of God's managers. Have you ever had you know, giving someone something of yours for them to manage, and then you come back and they messed it all up. <laughs> okay. Did completely opposite of what you asked them to do. You would never give that to them again, right? Because that's what we call poor management or poor stewardship. But why would God be any different? If we can get this embedded in our minds, if we can get this established in our lives, that we are only stewards of God's stuff. I'm telling you, I said it a couple of weeks ago, this changes the entire narrative of our lives from what am I going to do with what I have to what does God want me to do with what he gave me. It changes everything. It's not me sitting here trying to decide what I'm going to do with what I have. Now it's me sitting back and asking God, God, what do you want me to do with what you gave me? We, we said it, uh, Psalms 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, the earth is the Lord's and everything 
in it. Somebody say everything. everything. Now, I studied this word everything out, and you'll be amazed what it means. It means everything. Ain't that awesome? <laughs> the earth is the Lord's, and everything, anything you wearing today, whoever you married to, whatever kids God bless you with, whatever money you have, whatever possessions you have, your talent, your ability, everything that is in the earth, everything that you own, everything that you can put your hand on, everything that you can use, it belongs to God. So the goal should be, if we're going to get to a point where we, we, we become good stewards, we got to get to a point where our whole, the plot, the, 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 the storyline is to feel a sense of contentment. A sense that I may not have everything that I want. But let me make a list, God, of all the things that you've already given me. I might can't travel like I want to right now. I might can't buy the car I want to. I might can't buy the clothes I want to. But doggone it, I got clothes on my back. I got food on my table. Man, we don't get alone all the time, but I got this beautiful and this handsome spouse. I got these kids who drive me crazy, but God, I remember when they just had them little bitty feet, and they've grown up, and I've loved them from the beginning. You gave them to me, and I can put my hands on them in love and not no other kind of way. You gave this to me, everything. Somebody say everything. everything. See, it, it comes to a point that, you know, I just get to a point where I just look at stuff that God gave me, whether, you know, it's something big or small, and I just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You know, we got Georgia, thank you, thank you. You know, it's that. <laughs> Whatever we have, it is because of God's grace, favor, and mercy. And he trusts us enough to give it to us to manage it. But for some reason, instead of trying to get to that sense of contentment, we get to that sense of entitlement. As if we're entitled, as if, as if we've earned what we have. You know, I, I sent my, uh, my, my CEO a message the other day. You know, because it was a nice day. It was supposed to be like, I think, like 70 degrees. And so I woke up, I sent this test. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take a PTO day. <laughs> and me and the guys, Gene and us, we was texting each other. This is a good golf day. So we got out there and played golf. But when I sent him the message, he sent me a message back. He said, enjoy yourself. You earned it. In my mind, I said, you darn tootin' I did. <laughs> I earned this day. But then I thought about it. I said, and I, I know this because of what I do. I said, in Georgia, it's not a law that they have to give you PTO and vacation days. So I can sit here and say that I earned it. But the very thing that I feel like I'm entitled to can be taken away. 
And it's the same thing when it comes to God. We feel like we earn stuff because we put time in, because of our degree, because we were more qualified. You know, we feel like because we put in the overtime that we earned this. And I'm telling you right now, anything that you feel like you're entitled to, today it can be taken away if you don't get to that point where you're content with what God have you. Man, we got to get this. We, we would never can feel contentment as long as we feel like what, is our, what we have is ours. Because guess what? We all know this. We're going to want more. We're always, as long as we feel like we earn what we have, we're always going to want more of that piece of the pie. Not understanding that God owns the whole pie. And the peace that you have right now ain't yours anyway. Anybody hear me today? So here it is. Hold on. Let me find something here. All right. When we feel, catch on to this now. This is this script I'm about to share with you. Just bless me. When we feel like it's our peace, we become more unfaithful to what God gave us. And it is imperative that we are faithful with what God gives us. Why? Because Proverbs 28 and 20 puts it like this. A faithful person will be richly blessed. A faithful person will be richly blessed. Now, the word blessed don't mean, right here it means prosperity. It doesn't mean that all throughout the Bible. Some, some ways it's pronounced. But here... It says a, rich, a faithful person will be richly prosperous. Now, this just, doesn't just mean money or possessions. It might have something to do with your health. It might have something to do that your family is in disarray. And when you become faithful, God is able to now put it back together. It may be you got these tough decisions. These You don't know which way to turn, and now you need some guidance from God. And he's saying when a man becomes faithful, now God is able to give you the guidance. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Be faithful, and he'll do what? Direct your path. He said a faithful person will be richly prosperous. It, it, it goes back to the parable we talked about a couple weeks ago with the, the, the three men who he, the master came and gave them the talents and two on were tremendously faithful and the other one who was unfaithful came and hid the talent and he blessed the two that were faithful I don't even, I, I can't we can't even fathom what this means but this blesses me every time I read it because it says they were so faithful. It didn't say he gave them back the talents. He just said, enter into the joy of the Lord. God, dog, can you imagine what's in there? I leave the possessions where they are. Can I go in there? Because I guarantee you, whatever is in that joy, <laughs> money can't buy it. I'm telling you right now. That's some favor, that's some grace, and that's some mercy. 
And so he's looking for people whoever who's going to be faithful. Now, you know, Luke 16 tells us, if you read that, I'm not going to read all of it, but when you read the beginning of it, it's telling you about an unfaithful steward and how that unfaithful steward, the master came and found out he was unfaithful and said, you know, give an account today because I'm going to fire you. And then Jesus comes at the end of this parable because he wanted them to understand something. In Luke 16 and 10, he said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. That, that's plain and simple, right? And whoever, look, look at how he puts it, whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So God knows that if I give you little and I can't trust you with that, why in the world would I come and give you a lot and think that you're going to change? If you dishonest with a couple of bucks, you're going to be uh, uh, dishonest with a lot of bucks. But he says something at the end. He said, whoever is dishonest, dishonest with very little now, this word dishonest in the Greek, it means fraudulent. That word fraudulent means unjustifiably claiming or being credited, credited with particular accomplishments or qualities. Ain't that what we do? We, we declare that what we have, we earned. We own it. And the word is saying, whoever is fraudulent with, with the little stuff, if you can't give credit to God for what you have little, he's saying that you're being dishonest and you are a fraud walking around here talking about you made this happen, you did this, this is because of your ability, because of your talent, because of your degree, I, 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 I. And God is saying you have given me no credit for what I did and if you expect me to trust you with something big, then you need to get it right with something that's small. He says in verse 11, so if you have not been trustworthy, he just puts it out online, in handling worldly wealth, who would trust you with true riches? Now, you, you got to get this because one is talking about Money in the beginning. He, in the beginning, he said, worldly wealth, money. Then how can I trust you with what comes from heaven? Now, this is important because uh, I had someone a couple weeks, a uh, couple months ago. Now, let me tell you how all this began. For over a year now, I've just been talking to God. Man, God's been having these conversations about me getting a truck or you know, a truck. I just want to get a truck and put a hat on and ride out on the dirt or something. <laughs> but I've been talking to God about it, getting a truck because I do a lot of stuff. And, you know, so I said, God, you know, I want a truck or a big van or something. I could put a trailer on. And so someone came uh, and, and blessed me with an SUV. And I was like, Wow, man, I mean, that was a true blessing. He it just, you know, he saw what I was, I was doing a lot of stuff, and, you know, God recognizes everything. Yeah. 
Man, ain't it amazing? And so he blessed me with the truck. Now, the truck is not what I prayed for. The SUV is not what I prayed for. I prayed for a van, a big van or a truck, open truck. But I got an SUV. But let me tell you something. I was so excited and thankful about that SUV. But when I was studying this, I said, God, you testing me right now, ain't you? You trying to see how faithful I'm going to be with the small thing before you really give me what I've been asking for. Oh, that blessed somebody right there. Because you complaining and you trying to figure out why you can't get this and why you can't get that and why that ain't happening. Don't you know right now you're right in the midst of an experiment? Don't you know right now he's just stirring in all kind of chemicals to see which one going to work for you? And if you don't get your tail off of your high horse and come back down here with us ordinary people and praise God for where he got you at right now. Because he's saying if you, if I can't trust you, now, now look at this. He's saying, if I cannot trust you with the money, how do you think I can trust you with my, with my spiritual things? How do you think I can trust you with giving you wisdom on how to operate with where you are right now? If you think the money that you got in your pocket is already yours. Because if I give you the wisdom to make the right decision, you're going to be saying, I did this. So how, if I can't trust you to be a good steward of what I put in your hands, why do you think I believe you're going to be a good steward? Because you'll get up here. And the very wisdom that got you up here, you forget that the wisdom that got you up here is what got you here. So you won't stay up here long. Because when I feel like you don't appreciate little things, somebody better hear me today. He says, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? See, this is important because once wisdom is given to you, it's yours. The Bible tells us that. It says once God reveals something to you, it's yours. It's now your property. Once God gives you understanding of something, can't nobody come and take it. Because now you have that understanding from God. Once God gives you knowledge of something, it's your property now. Can't nobody take that from you. People don't understand why you don't know, but you know why you know. Because God showed it to you. He's saying, why do you think you know, a man would give you his own property when, or, or if you, how do you, if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, why would he give you your own property? See, I believe the secret to faithful, trustworthy life in Christ is humility. Humility to confess 
on a daily basis that God is the owner of all I have. Somebody say that. Say God is the owner of all I have. Somebody say my money, my talent, my ability, my possessions, my children, my spouse, my job, that overtime, that car I drive, that house I live in, everything that I have belongs to God. I cannot wake up and rush myself out that house without thanking God for everything that I have. And, and the funny part about it, I don't think I can thank him for everything I have, but I can thank him for everything I can think of. To this day, every day I wake up, Lord, thank you for this house. I fix me a cup of coffee, I sit on my bed, and I say, Lord, thank you. Now, here's the part. Pastor wanted to know, because she was my, my agent. She know what kind of house I was looking for. She know I wanted a nice backyard. She know I wanted a nice little playroom. Then I wanted a living room. Then I wanted a nice spacious kitchen. And then I wanted uh, 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 one of them things in the back where you, y'all know what I'm talking about, where you can sit and cook and stuff, gazebo, whatever you can put back. I wanted all that. I got none of that. Okay, I got none of that. Because every time we went to put a contract on something, it was gone. I am so thankful. Because I know it's just an experiment. When you don't take it for granted, then you will begin to ask for wisdom on how it's to be used. You're not going to ask God for wisdom if you take it for granted. Because you're going to try to figure out how to use it yourself. Oh, I started this business. Yes, you did. But you better get some wisdom on that thing. Because if you take for granted that you've been doing this for 10 years and that'll automatically make you successful with your own, you got it mistaken, Mr. and Mrs. Think about that, though. When you don't, and I'm, I think I'm almost done. When you don't take it for granted, you'll begin to ask God for wisdom on how to use it, what to do, when to do it. It goes from, heck no, I ain't loaning her no money. Because it's your money, right? But when it's God's money, Lord, should I do this? I mean, you gave it to me. <laughs> so you gonna go ahead and answer that one for <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But that's what we do. Yeah, I know it. It goes from, I'm not helping them because I don't take it for granted. I know he owns it. Lord, should I help?
it goes from, no, I'm not getting involved, to, Lord, should I do something? I'm not taking that job. To God, is this the right job to take? I'm not doing that over time. Lord, should I do it? And it seems very comical, but it's the truth. Because God's the owner. We're stewards of our life. Every day I get up and preach, I have to ask God to move me for y'all. Because you belong to God. How dare I get up here and take for granted? Shoot, I put all this study in there. No, no, no this is going to be a good message. No, no. Pastor one and other preachers, it don't happen like that. You have to get up here, and I have to, I have to, I thank God for the opportunity that he gives me to use me for you. Because you're his property. Oh my God, let me ask you this. When the last time you thank God for your children? When the, when the last time you thank God? I don't care what it looks like, but you thank God for your spouse. When the last time you thank God for that job? Or, you know, the, I remember, you know, I, I, no, I'm not going to go there. But when, when was the last time? When the last time you just... Just, just stood in the front of your apartment or your house or, or wherever you stay and say, Lord, thank you for this roof over my head. Lord, have mercy. I mean, I don't know what the car sounds like when it cranks. How smoke, much smoke is coming out or whatever it may be. But when last year, you just crunk it up and said, Lord, thank you. But we won't do that if we take it for granted. Verse 13, he, said, he ends it like this. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and what? You cannot serve both God and what? Because either you will submit to one or you will submit to the other. The question today is, who will you submit to? Who will you obey? What are your decisions based off of? Is it your money? Or is it God? Here's a question. Which one drives you more? What, which one puts more pep in your step? Is it the fact that you got the opportunity to make this money? Or the fact that God is in control of all the money that you make? Let me ask you this. When you wake up at 5 or 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning and go to work, are you going to work to make money? Most people will say yes, right? Are you going to work 
to prove to God that he made a great decision by putting you on this job over all those other applications. Somebody say, yeah, I got to go to work to make some money. I get it. Because money pays things. Yes, but God owns things. Who do you want to serve? Money that help you pay stuff or God who owns the stuff that the money pays for? So here's the question. Who's in control? Have you allowed your lack of money to, to control your lack of giving? Let me say that again. Have you allowed your lack of money to control your lack of giving? And I'm not just talking about your offering or your percentage that you give to God. I'm talking about to others, to help people, to be compassionate, to be empathetic to people. Yes, no, you may not have a lot, but I, we look at the world. Some people have nothing. And if you feel like you you own what you have. You'll walk right past people who are in need because you've already concluded you're not helping them. And you won't even ask God. There are times where I ask God and, 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 and you know, I've already concluded this and God's like, give it to him. And there's times God, I'll ask God and he say, no, don't do that. Because he knows. But when was the last... Do, do we even stop? Do, do we even stop to, to ask God these questions knowing that he's the one who's in control? What is the word says in Acts 20? It is more blessed to give. Why? Because a, con a giver continues to receive. Y'all catch that? We don't give to receive, but that's just the system that God sets up. He even said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Now he who supplies seed to the sower, who is that? God. And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, it's easy for us to miss this if we don't understand. He said, now, he who supplies seed to who? He that supplies seed to who? He that supplies seed to who? So if you're not sowing, why should he supply seed? I might say, well, I don't have no seed. That's because somewhere... I don't even have to say it, do I? And he says in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. Oh, this is my prayer. So that you can be generous on every occasion. You ain't even got to sit there and think about how much in your bank account. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to who? To who? God. 
So God is trying to get us to see. He gave us the seed to sow. It belongs to who? It belongs to who? I have concluded, and I am about done now. I have concluded that whatever I have, it belongs to God. And if he wants me to give it, if he wants me to sow it, if he wants me to bless somebody, he has plenty of more where it came from. John Wesley said this. He says, we are not at liberty to use what God has given to us as we please, but as he pleases. He entrusted things to us to be used for his glory. So at the end of the day, it goes back to what I said. It is not what I'm going to do with my money or my possessions. But God, what do you want me to do with what you have given me? How, God, do you want me to live my life for you? Because all of us at the end of the day have to give an account for what we did with God's stuff. And I'm telling you right now, the accountant is coming back for us to give an account of what we did with his stuff. Now thank God, if you born again and you receive Jesus into your life, you going to heaven. You going to get there. But you got to go before that judgment seat. And it's not the judgment seat of whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. Because you've already made that decision. But the word tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive. This is rewarding day. What is due us for the things done while in the body. Whether good or bad. And we have to understand that this is where we give an account for what we did with God's stuff. So you live your life how you want to, and you spend how you want to, and you take and use it how you want to. That's, that's up to you. And you're going to heaven. God bless. But when you're before that judgment seat, Mm -mm. Don't you get your tail up there? Talking about some, mm. Frank and Wanda never talked about this. I'm going to be right behind you. You're a liar. Roll the tape, Lord. <laughs> I already got it. I already got it ready to go. Mm -mm. Whatever adjustments you need to make. And it, this may not be easy for some of us because we've been living a certain way all our life. But begin to pray to God and ask God to help you. I started this prayer, uh, I think, two years ago. Lord, make me a better steward. Make me a better steward. I can't do this by my own. Make me a better steward. I, I was thinking the other day, I don't even know what the word means. I meant to look it up. I want to be a better humanitarian. Anybody know what that means? Y'all look it up too, huh? <laughs> I just, it just was in my spirit, you know, and so, but Father, we thank you so much for 
your word. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your revelation and your wisdom and your insight. We know it's only to make us better. We know, Lord, that you want the best for us. Jesus said that he came that we would have life and that we will have it to the full more abundantly. And we want that life, Lord. So whatever adjustments we need to make, we ask for your help. Humble us. Um, we know, if, Lord, we're being tested. We know it's for a reason. It's only to bring out the best in us so that you can get the best to us. So we welcome those tests. But God, I ask that you just work on us today. Make us better stewards. Stewards of your money, steward of, our, of your possessions, steward of our, our abilities, our talents, our gifts, whatever it may be. Make us better stewards as, 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 as a spouse, as a mother, as a parent, as a sibling, as a child. Just, just make us better. We want to be better. We thank you in advance because change is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap.